right, give me a quick clap, bro. Sure, bro. Thanks, bro. Ready? Yeah. Ready? One, two, three, bro. Oh, that was off. Second sticks. Second sticks. Oh, second six, I messed second up. Six. Yeah, yeah, I said bra. I fucked it up. <laughs> And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome brand and a sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 81 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. With me, as always, the hippest thing since Gardner Minshew. Most awesome. Ooh, I'm a, I'm a mustache. and Yeah. Bought a crown royal in my yeah. pocket away. Oh, man. That guy has some tail. You used to rock the stash. When was the last time I saw the stash on your face? I've never. Uh, let's see. It would have been oh. Halloween, like 2009-ish, maybe, where I went as Magnum P.I. Dr. Misses a commission. Not a fan <laughs> of the mustache. Oh, hates the mustache. I was thinking about I kind of got mine going. Wait, no, you weren't uh, the league that will not be named. Didn't you throw it on one time to do like the – Oh, the, several times, the draft yes, lottery yes, for, for, yeah. for, the, for the video. Yeah. Um, not good, not a, not a fan, yeah. immediately <laughs> needs a shave post-recording. Post well, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to appreciate that when Dr. Mrs. Commish, you just, you know where they stand on things. And the mustache yes. is a pass. It sounds like a strong very, pass. Very, Guys, uh, we have a jam-packed episode 81. We're doing something special this week. We waited until after the week two football game. So you are getting a super fresh take as you hit play on this podcast. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're doing NFL week two takeaways. We're going to hit the inbox, do three little mails from there. Going to do the Neapolitan showdown. Most underrated fight moves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Time to get physical. <laughs> uh, we're going to hit the brand and a gambling corner. We're talking key numbers, and we're going to finish, as we always do, with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, your hour power starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. <laughs> Uh, rip from the headlines week two takeaways why are we talking about that this week brother because it's it's week two and we're we're talking about our takeaways yeah perfect it's pretty it self-explanatory on this one audience it is it is it is it just i keep sounding dumber and dumber the more i refuse <laughs> to just not ask that question anymore uh, I love it. Okay, so I do have some kind of some tent poles that I wanted to hit that maybe we can. I know it's kind of putting you on the spot. I guess right it. now, uh, what game you want to dive into? Well, what's no, no, what? no, you you lead the charge. I want I want to know. I, I'm I'm ready to go. You tell me which one you want to. Great talk brother. About. Uh, I know you don't want to talk about the Vikings game. Ooh, okay. Well, we'll dive right into that Vikings game real fast. Um, <laughs> fucking Kirk Cousins doing it again. I don't know if you guys got to watch this driving down the field, uh, in the fourth quarter. Vikings trailing 16-21. And, you know, it's just first and goal from the one. And I've just watched Kirk Cousins throw these ill-timed interceptions so many times. And it almost reminded me a little bit of, you know, last week the Vikings in Atlanta. Matt Ryan goes to throw it out of the back of the end zone. Just doesn't put the fucking arm underneath it for some reason. I'm not talking yeah. he's throwing it out of the back of the end zone from the 35-yard line. He's throwing it from, like, the 10. Whatever. We're not here to talk about Matt Ryan. 
Uh, but it was just basically like he just floats it up. It, it was an unnecessary like force. We weren't in desperation time. Uh, you know, plenty of time left on the clock. It was first and goal, and just throw like kind of just loft up that coverage, just a fucking bonehead play. Yeah, it was terrible. It was. Uh, it's gonna be. I mean, here's the thing: is, is you should feel some solace in this, in the fact that Delvin Cook looked amazing yes. two yes, weeks yes, in a row yes, back yes, to yes. back. Against, I will say, I do think this Green Bay Packers defense is much improved, much improved over last year. They're faster. I mean, obviously they invested a lot in it, but Kirk Cousins did look lost. And if you're the Vikings, it's kind of scary considering you, you're going to need him to make some plays. And that that pass to Stephon Diggs in the back of the end, end zone, like you said, it's that's a you're Kirk Cousins, you're a game manager. That's one where you need to live to fight another day. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't just lob it up there and hope that it'll get there. It's yes, um, bad decision-making, and it's, you know, they came out. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, I, I, I will come to defend him. I think he's a little bit more than game manager. That Stefan Diggs, uh, you know, kind of 48-yard bomb looked right on point. He can throw yeah, the ball when he has time in the pocket. I just think your what your quarterback can't do is make really shitty just lapses in judgment in key times. It's yeah. something that we didn't see with Case Keenum, you know, like – yeah. Uh, and it was just, it's kind of becoming Kirk Cousins' MO, and that's not exciting as a fan base, and that's a fucking problem as a fan base. Can we, Yes, I, I agree with that. And can we also talk about the other subtle subplot of that game? Or I shouldn't say subplot. Yes. Just the, the growing offensive pass interference challenge. Oh, that's shit. Stefan Diggs. This is actually going to become more of a problem than we were talking about last year when we were talking about the, the quarterback hits. Yeah. that In that game, that Stefan Diggs TD was taken away right before half where they backed up and ended up kicking a field goal because they went to review it. I thought that they were looking to review just if he got in because of the way it was kind of a bang-bang play and it kind of came right down on the, on the goal line. Yeah. But they actually called Dalvin Cook for offensive pass interference where he kind of looked like he was just got tangled up with a defender and was kind of pushing off to stay up on on his feet and they called it back they called the touchdown back and this has been a case where we've had a couple of these offensive pass interferences taken away i mean that went from 21 14 to 21 10 at half man that's kind of a big swing i know sorry bro it is uh that is one of the kind of the buckets that i had that i wanted to make sure we talked about is and i do think Globally, it's a good thing that offensive pass interference calls are on the rise when we're seeing mm-hmm. people getting tangled up. I think to balance out and to really appreciate the difficulty that the cornerback has that, you know, deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But you're right. Now that we can challenge pass interferences and we're looking at it like it's just way. I know there's nothing we can do. There's just way too much power in the judgment call of these refs like they're gonna they're deciding yeah. games it's nuts out of something that like some things aren't meant to be slowed down to that level because you're just you're used to growing up with the sport and seeing it at a speed and at real life speed you know what's what kind of changes shit and what's egregious and what actually just is kind of like common contact like known in the sport and now you slow right. it down so much and you really just start painstakingly looking over it it's just like fuck even if they are 50 yeah. 50 calls like you kind of have to leave it how it was called on the field yeah and and, then, and that's the other thing is, is what, what you said is right is is they have to they have to trust their judgment and trust their eyes because the way that they see it on the field they they have to believe that that's the right way and then the 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 replay is there to cover anything that's like egregious miss yeah. like the the saints call back in the playoff 
that that's an egregious miss that should have been called but the the dalvin cook like banging into a linebacker that really didn't have a ton of effect on the play yeah trust trust your eyes refs touch the game we all we everyone in there was like that's a touchdown and then when half the 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 field kind of leaves stunned and the the home crowd is like oh we'll take it i guess you know it's just that's it's gone too far it's gone the other direction and i'm not i'm not liking it i'm not liking the refs getting their dirty little fingers all over the game yeah uh, i think i'm over it just kind of give me one second if you will bro oh my god son of a all right, bro. I'm good. There you go. Okay, All back. Good. All right, you're back. All right. Yeah. All right, All right moving on. on. Uh, the one bonus of this Vikings Packers game that I did take away is uh, Aaron Rodgers getting chippy with Matt Lafleur. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't see it. Oh, I heard. Man, I saw it on a text what a thread. little whiny bitch. Oh my. Oh my god. god. He had to. He had to wear the 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 wristband and everything. Oh. That was this whole thing. You know what? It reminded me is because we had the Bears game afterwards, and I was watching, and Matt Nagy has on his play calling sheet, it says, be yourself. Have you ever seen that? It's like in the upper right-hand corner, and Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Bears, has that. Oh, no. I kind of thought that uh, Aaron Rodgers, like on his little wristband, should have like something similar to that, except it just says, don't be yourself. Yeah, don't be yourself. Don't be you. Don't (laughs) be you. Chill out. People don't like you. Stay away. (laughs) Um, All right, jumping into the 49ers-Bengals game. Not going to spend a ton of time here. I'd say uh, one of my buckets was most probably uh, the most surprising 2-0 team or probably, or another way to say it is the worst 2-0 team. And 49ers are on the top of that list, bro. Yeah, uh, although their, like, their offense looked good though, and their I defense, know, man. I, I, I get it. They're wrong. playing the Bengals, but the but Seattle came with a po- just a point of beating them, and and uh, the 49ers ran them out of town. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on this 49ers team. I think I've let just all the talking heads kind of talk me out of it, like on the podcast, because you remember I was high on Jimmy G, and I like this 49ers yeah. team. I don't think I had him as a, a playoff contender, but everyone's just like really low on him, and it's like you know two and zero, you just got to beat who you play. Yeah, and and they were all down on him in the in the preseason. He didn't look good, but he's coming back off that ACL tear, dusting it off a little rusty. I mean, getting back into the swing of things, maybe it was just what, that's what we were watching in the uh, in the preseason, and yeah. now we're seeing a little bit truer to form of uh, of our our Jimmy GQ. Oh, Jimmy yeah. GQ with the long con. Oh, I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Boom, three touchdowns. <laughs> uh, let's jump over to the Chargers Lions. Oh, bro. Yeah, there yeah, just a Lions team that probably made the biggest bet of my life undefeated. on last week. What's that? I said undefeated. Undefeated that All Lions right. team. Yeah, I yeah, guess I know. technically. I know. Technically true. Uh yeah, handle the Chargers team. Uh are the Lions a little bit better than the dog shit we thought they might be, or are the Chargers not quite as good as everyone thought they were heading in? Yeah, I think the Chargers aren't that good. I think I don't know if the, the Lions are dog shit, but I mean thirteen ten wasn't a it was kind of a sloppy game. I think their defense is going to be above average and keep them in games, but I think that they're they're always going to be kind of hanging around. Offensively, they've got some question marks. I mean, it's just you know, Carry uh, on Johnson looks like a stud, and then they can't put it together, you know, for consecutive drives after another. It's like which one is it? You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. I'm not trying to be super hard on the Lions. I did. I thought they were catching. They just happened to be in probably the toughest division in football in the NFC North. And then they also, you know, I was low on the Cardinals, but you know, after seeing the Cardinals today, and we'll get into that that uh, maybe one of the top games of the week, that Cardinals um, Ravens game. Just, uh, yeah. I really like. Uh, I know 
Kyler Murray. Like I was a little on it. Well, we'll get there when we say uh, Colts. Yeah. Colts at Titans. Who gives a shit? Uh, Patriots at Dolphins. We all saw that forty-three nil. Bills and Giants. All right, Bills two and zero. Obviously, lucky Bills. We were, we were a little higher on the Bills. Yes. I know. So obviously, AFC East. It doesn't look like this year is going to be the year to kind of dethrone the New England Patriots. Uh, Bills have enough of a team here to make a wild card run. Now that we we're seeing San Diego a little lower, like we're seeing that that fucking that AFC North has three zero and two teams in it. Like maybe right. maybe Bills make a run. Yeah, I think I mean they they right now as it stands they're they're a little plucky. They've got a better than average defense. Josh Allen making some plays. I mean he's mobile. He's kind of he's got a good strong arm, and they've they've got a bevy of running backs and Singletary, and now uh, Frank Gore the the ageless Frank Gore. Ageless. All right. Well, before we buy our Super Bowl tickets, let's remember the two teams they have beaten are the New York Giants and the New York right. Jets. Hey, you just like you said, you gotta you gotta beat who's hey, in front of you. That's right. You gotta beat who's there. And I mean, like they have two games against the Dolphins coming up. Like, might not be bad. I mean, I guess that kind of gets averaged out that they have to play the Patriots twice too. But uh, you know, yes. these I think after these first two weeks, one thing that people can say is NFC looks a little bit of we are who they thought we were, whatever. But it's just like right. the AFC kind of outliers is. Teams aren't kind of firing out like we thought they would. And that brings us to the next game is the Seahawks at the Steelers. Uh, 0-2 Steelers. Maybe, you know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger goes goes out in the second quarter, uh, doesn't return. But still, over the six quarters of football, looking like, you know, we thought maybe after losing Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell that they quickly kind of find that same identity, and it was Ben Roethlisberger. Not quite firing all cylinders as quite as easy as we thought they would. Yeah, they, he looked garbage, and the the way he went out, I don't know if you saw it. He was just throwing a ball. I don't know if he got hit previously, but it looked like he was hurt his elbow or his throwing arm. That doesn't look good, yeah. especially when you're, like, 38 years old. I did have a note on this when I was looking at the, 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 the box score once Mason Rudolph came in, and they kind of started to put it together, the Steelers. And I was like, is this, is this the last? Is this the death knell for the 2004 draft class? I mean, if you've got Ben Roethlisberger, he's maybe has uh, stick a fork in him. We yep. know Eli is Dunskis. Yep. And Phil Rivers throws a poorly timed INT in the end zone uh, against the Lions, like we talked about. The only guy that's kind of hanging around is Larry Fitzgerald. All four of those guys, 2004 draft class, and three of them looking like that might be it for them. Yeah, and I want to jump into that a little bit because uh, one of the tent poles that I had also was just kind of – you know, I think last year I brought it up. I was a little worried about just the next kind of swell of quarterbacks because the league, you can watch the league and it's only as good as the quarterbacks playing in it. So right. it's just like, oh man, when we lose all these kind of, you know, marquee top five, top tier quarterbacks, you know, it's going to be kind of unwatchable if it's just like, you know, Case Keenum and a bunch of these other guys just kind of changing teams like every year. Right. But now, um, you know, I, we're starting to see some guys really emerge, like Patrick Mahomes, obviously, uh, Lamar sure. Jackson, uh, Kyler Kyler Murray. Like, seems like that yeah. offense is translating with Cliff Crinkle Crinkle Cut Crinkle. Are we gonna have to start? Okay, we at least give him give him the first name. Could just call him Cliff. Okay. Well, look at that. And you then call him. And then, and then call, well, I mean, he's earned it, right? I mean, they they looked a little bit better than we thought. All right, let let's let the Cardinals win a football game first. Everyone slow that's down. True. And then I'll give yeah, him a true. first name. Uh, let's jump into this real fast. Cowboys 
at the Redskins. Uh, I did get to watch this because had a little BGC implications. <laughs> Wink. Uh, yeah, I remember. I, I think Dak Prescott's passing got called into question a little bit last year. Uh, he looks yeah. good. He does look good. The offense looks good. They've they've swapped out now. Kellen Moore is calling plays back there. I was a little skeptical heading into it because it wasn't really Kellen Moore was there last year. Now they're bringing them in, little fresher ideas, little newer, uh, you know, conventions what they're going, and they're they're getting Zeke in there, and the emergence of Michael Gallup, a second year wide receiver, looking pretty good. But Dak is looking more than just kind of that game manager. He's putting up some some numbers, and that's uh, and a contract here he needs to. Yeah, he's uh, Dallas. You know, where whatever we know it's week two, we'll make super early predictions. They got any chance to make make a true run in the NFC or too many hurdles. I mean, I think so. I mean, it, it depends on how Philly looks and continues to look. But if you if you think about it, I mean, who else in the NFC? I mean, you've got, I mean, there's three two and zero teams in in the NFC West. You got San Francisco and Seattle, who I still kind of have question marks on. And then you've got the Rams at two and zero, and they beat a breeze less. Yep. You know, and they didn't look like offensively like a juggernaut like we've we've seen them. We know that Saintsy is pretty good. So yeah, I mean, you've got. You know, out of the NFC North, you've got Green Bay potentially. I mean, Chicago, they have the, the second lowest scoring offense next to the, the Dolphins. Their offense is bad, and I and Trubisky has fucking regressed. I'm yes. the first one to say drink on that one, everyone, because I thought he would be better. Yeah. I thought he would be improved, and with the total opposite direction, people in Chicago got to be freaking out a little bit because they they got bailed out in this win against Denver. So then, I mean, so who is it? So it's the NFC. It's the NFC East is the other one contending for the NFC North, and that's where you've got the Eagles and the and the and the Cowboys. But I mean, right now the way that the the Cowboys are playing, I I put them on that same level of the Eagles for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I want to jump into that. Let's jump into that Bears Broncos game for those of you guys who <laughs> didn't get to see it. Uh. So basically, it's fourth quarter. The uh, we got the Broncos trailing by a touchdown. Uh, go down the field, about like a minute and a half left or whatever, score a touchdown. Then right after they score the touchdown, you see you know, the sidelines holding up the two. It's like they're going yes. to fucking go for two. Broncos come on to go for two, and then there's a like delay of game or false start. They move no, it back. Delay of game, yeah. Delay of game, yeah. so they move it back. Five, so they're like, fuck it, we're going to kick the extra point. Go to kick the extra point. Guy misses the extra point. Flag actually comes out that it was offsides on the Bears, so they get their five yards back. So they go back to the two-point, convert the two-point conversion, kick the ball to the Bears, 30 seconds left. Uh, they have one timeout. Trubisky somehow kind of gets him down the field and gets like with six seconds left, steps up in the pocket. What's going to be the last play? Like throws just kind of 22 yard dart to get him at least to like a 53 yard field goal. The guy gets down, looks like fucking like goes down with one second left. Now Chicago does have the timeout, but you know, this will, we're talking milliseconds here on getting down with enough time to also call the timeout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he caught it at like, one and a half seconds falling down. Yes. And they gave him, they, they went to it and they gave him, I mean, the people of Denver that's were nuts. losing their mind. As they should And that's be. the thing is, is, they should have been, yeah. And that's the thing is, is, that's how close they were to the Bears, a Super Bowl hopeful out of the NFC yeah. to being 0-2. They've scored 19 points in two fucking weeks. Yeah. It's a bad, bad spot to be in heading into week three, especially when you've got all this investment in 
Trubisky and the defense and everything like that. I mean, yeah, if I was a Bears uh, fan, especially in this league, if I was a Bears fan, I would just be shitting my pants. Like, this isn't the answer. You got to move on and move on quick. Like, you just have to be able to score points. Like, you're not going to win football games 16 to 14. You'll do those against the Broncos. I can do that, but like any like any kind of playoff contender, that ain't happening. So we got a playoff contenders, uh, a team playing on a completely different level, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, just scoring touchdowns at will after that first quarter. Did you get to watch some of this, bro? I didn't get to watch some of it. Um, I was watching it on the on the GameCast and flipping back around. Twenty eight points all in the second quarter. On the second quarter, just all in the second quarter. I I, I I texted. I literally walked away. And they were up 14-10, came back, was getting stuff ready for dinner tonight, and boom, up 28-10. It's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes happened. That's what happened. All their points came that quarter. It kind of reminds me of just like, you know, you have chores to do throughout the week. Like, you had to do some stuff, you know, on Monday, the first quarter, some stuff. They just did all their work on the second quarter, Tuesday, got up to 28 points, and they are just like, all right. There's another touchdown that was actually called back also, but the way these touchdowns were happening is – one was like on third and 20. I mean, these balls were just like 35, 40 yards in the air. Right. Just bombs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, is he is different in that respect. There was a stat that shows like the air yards is actually decreasing in the NFL because it's all quick getting guys in, you know, getting the ball out of your hands, one and a half seconds, two seconds, getting the ball out, and getting yeah. it out quickly and letting your playmakers make plays. He's going the other direction where he's, he's really legit throwing the ball deep accurately. Yeah. Um, and if you can give him of time and you can give him enough kind of leeway in space, he's going to get the ball there. He's going to get it in a hurry. And that would make him dangerous. My biggest thing has always been with the chiefs. It's like, can defensively, yeah. can they back it up? I mean, I know everyone's all like super stoked about garden, Gardner Minshew. And I don't want to be like this fucking NFL curmudgeon, but Gardner Minshew is like an average quarterback. Like, let's not get it twisted. Yeah. He's not this fucking sec- second coming. And he carved you up. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're defensively. And then you went back in for the first quarter. Uh, from the looks of it, it looked like Derek Carr was playing pretty well. Yeah. And you got they were up 10-0 to start. So it's one of those things. Like, defensively, if they don't – and they gave up, you know, Josh Jacobs, I think, had almost 100 yards rushing. Like, they've got to yeah. get some – yeah, they got to get some stuff figured out defensively because they have the Patriots in the AFC. I don't know if, the, if, if you guys realize this, that the Patriots are a pretty good fucking football team, haven't given up a touchdown in eight quarters, three points total in, in, in two games. I get it. It's the Steelers and the Dolphins, but they're drubbing them. Their defense is drubbing them. Two pick sixes. I mean, it is – it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to, to supplant the champs if you don't have a defense that's going to back up Mahomes. Yeah, that's what I was looking about a little bit too. So defense was a big concern, obviously, for the Chiefs. That's what I'm wondering a little bit about the Raiders on this game, if it was something that the Chiefs were able to contain Derek Carr a little bit. But, you know, is that because it's the Raiders and Derek Carr or is the Chiefs defense playing a little better? And I just, I mean, I just, I think it's, I think it's too early to tell. Yeah, I think, but the thing is, is it's it's that's your biggest concern as a Chief fan right yes. now. It's yep. like, can our defense make plays and get stops? So they did in the second half. It was against the Raiders, um, but if you have maybe a little guy who it's got a little you know gambler in him, little uh, you know a little rambler. I'm listening. You you know running around trying to make plays, you might be in a little bit of trouble because your defensive secondary is not that great. Versus the the you know some of the other contenders that are out there. 
Uh, all right, brother, uh, real fast, what's the kind of biggest uh, thing you're looking for in week three coming out of this? Um, I want to see if Aaron Rodgers can keep it going, and I want to see if uh, if they don't totally melt down because that offense looked pretty sick in that first half of yeah. the Vikings game, and then it just, like, someone took, like, a, a stick and, like, shoved it in the spoke of their bicycle and just flipped them over. I mean, it just – I mean, and, and I don't want to take anything away from the Vikes defense either. But sure, sure, sure. that was a thing that I was like, holy shit, like, these guys are going to put up 40 points. It's going to be a long day here for the Vikings fans. And then something just happened, and they did not – they couldn't move the ball fumbling and yeah. all this other stuff. Um, so that's what I'm interested in the NFC. Uh, AFC, I, I want to see how long that the, the Pats defense can remain this dominant. They had the second highest – fantasy point total this week with 37 points since like 2012 that i mean that this defense is legit and that's what i'm also interested in seeing coming up in week three uh yeah week three i think uh what i'd like to see is i'm kind of i'm looking at this nfc north a little bit i want to see kind of yeah. if baltimore just kind of takes it and runs with it because they you know they're the only ones winning games in there. I know we have Monday night coming up, and you're probably listening yeah. to this about the time that this game's going on. Got to imagine Cleveland gets a win there to put them at one one, but still, um, Baltimore Ravens are really excited to to watch and like creating separation. Yeah. And then uh, the NFC side of the ball, you know, um, the big headline we're gonna have to look for is what's up with Drew Brees' hand, because this is like this changes yeah. the entire fucking landscape of like the NFC in the playoff run. If that thing is something more than just like a little dinger you know with those hand injuries also like it's not you you just can't like muscle up and just get through those like that's literally like that's your mechanics and shit yeah it's his throwing hand if that's it the the saints window is closed all that that they they traded away and put in i mean bridgewater is a good quarterback so uh, you know i think he'll he's not drew Brees though and it'll be truthfully i'd be I think the window would be closing for the Saints if that's the case. Yeah, uh, I think it'd be there. Uh, all right, guys. Well, we might do this again next week. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just record on the weekends. I don't know. We got to check our schedules. Get off our ass. But uh, hopefully <laughs> you enjoyed the week two breakdown. And uh, now we're going to jump into the inbox. Uh, let's go. All right, brother. Uh, let's see if we can get through three here. I think we can. Let's go for I it. Not, not, yeah. Uh, yeah. not all of these are brain busters, so we'll be able to keep everything, clip it along. Uh, speaking of... First email here. Everybody clap now. How long do you think you could clap nonstop? If it was a million dollars on the line, could you clap for three straight days? Uh, I'll take the ball out of this one real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear your take on this. Uh, Number one, I think, you know, I'm not a big clapper. I'm not like anti-clap, but it's just the whole mechanic. I don't. It kind of feels like it's not like it's like it just doesn't feel as natural as it should. Like even when I find myself sure. clapping, it's more of just like yeah, everyone else is clapping. Like I'll kind of like clap along and kind of do the song sure. and dance. Uh, so three days straight, no. I it's clap. insane. No way you could not even for ten million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A you billion gotta, dollars I, physically, you couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't think I can stay awake for three straight days. Like that's. I looked. I looked at what up what staying up for three days straight would do to your body yeah you start to have like hallucinations yeah you have what's called at, at 48 hours of no sleep you start to experience what's called micro sleeps mm. or for 30 seconds you involuntarily fall asleep whoa and then and at 72 hours like even the most moderate simple tasks become very challenging to do yeah so i, I don't think you could, i don't think your body could sustain it well that's what i was saying like with the clapping just the longevity of the clapping i was trying to put myself like 
what like is it one of those things like you repeat a word so many times that it would start to just kind of feel like it would feel weird i think there's a little bit of muscle fatigue would show up right like, oh for sure yeah i'm just trying to think of like just like hold like i think eventually you'd be like shit like i can't hold my arms up any longer like my shoulders are kind of burning out i don't want to sound like old brandana doesn't hit the gym or anything i'm just right, saying right. like eventually that's going to get like taxing yeah, exactly. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to know too. Like, what kind of clapping are we talking about? Like, is it yep, the cla- golf golf yep. clap? Yeah, I was wondering. And then the the interval is important because yep. I actually tested myself for a minute to see how long just a straight minute of like golf clapping at this interval versus this interval. Yeah, it's taxing, man. Yeah, I already the, feel the higher the higher interval. Yeah, I already feel like you're kind of like just kind of wrist up here will get kind of. I don't know. I thought about it. I put my over under at uh, I think sixty five minutes. 65 minutes i yeah. think yeah i think i overestimated i think you're being way more honest yourself sure if i had a million dollars on the line <laughs> yeah. i was like i could go maybe 12 hours at, at a golf clap wow. at a moderate interval wow. just keeping it going man is you it, gotta think man. i'm almost afraid is there any like there's no chance of driving yourself crazy right like I don't <laughs> like I don't like some sort of you know like, like I don't I don't know just like hearing that constantly over and over. This is yeah. something little PTSD. Yeah, going to a live theater and it's like ah. I want to say I'm trying to think of a good time to try to go for this because what you're mainly fighting is that there's not the muscle fatigue. It's just fucking boredom. You're just like I don't want to be clapping anymore. This kind yeah. of sucks. Yeah, if I don't have the real stakes in it, you don't ma- you don't you don't last more than five minutes. Yeah. But if you were literally to put like a million dollars in front of me mm-hmm. and say for like every hour you go, you know, you get like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. I bet you I could rattle off. I could at least get five hours. I could at least do that. Wow. Pay off some debts, get a hundred k going. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, that's interesting. So I think the thing is, we'll never know because the stakes aren't high enough for us to actually try this out. Right, exactly. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless there's a, a wealthy audience member out there that would like to All sponsor. All right, we'll take sponsorship. That MAB clap. golf clap challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Oh, here's – I want you to remind me of this too. We don't have time for it uh, on this episode. But there okay. was a – there was a time that – because I worked at the – like I was working at two jobs when I just got out of high school. I was working at the Buckle and Food for Less – Somehow yeah. the shifts got fucked up and I was working overnight at Food for Less. So anyway, I ended up working for like, you know, a day and three quarters straight. And then by like the end of day two, like I was hallucinating in the back room of the buckle. Just ask me about that story later. Just dog ear that story. Make sure we come back to it. Oh, it's your own personal, you know, Mike story from uh, Rounders. I like it. I'm interested. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, you'll have to remind me and then I'll tell you. All right, uh, question number two, uh, luxury tax. I'm confused about the concept of luxury tax for overpaying rosters in sports. Why Why would a crazy rich owner of any franchise not go full out? Are they afraid of losing money? Sport franchises are worth hundreds of millions. Uh, what do they have to lose? Yeah, sports franchises are li- most of them now at this point are worth billions, right? Yeah. So there's a, so so first off, there are only two. Um, and I'm sorry to take the ball on this one. I felt like do it, bro. No, this this was right, yeah, right yeah. in my corner. Yeah, I, I handled I handled how long you could clap over and over, <laughs> and then you do actual luxury tax sports questions. Perfect. Uh, so there's only two sports that actually have a luxury tax. Uh, obviously, the NBA because they have a, what's called a soft cap, and we've talked about that in our uh, NBA 
salary cap tutorial way back when. And then the actual Major League Baseball, they do not have a salary cap, but they have what is called a competitive balance tax, which is set at a certain level of payroll. Mm -hmm. That after that, if you exceed that, then you have to pay that, and it gets diversified amongst uh, the other teams that are below that threshold. So why would owners who are super rich – uh, not go go all in. Well, there's a few reasons why. I think first, like for the financial reason, you look at it from the standpoint that a lot of these times, the ones that don't go all in, uh, while their value might be, their worth might be, you know, 1.2 billion dollars. Often, of that value is actually the the valuation of the franchise and not their their liquid assets, right? So, they're basically operating from the operating cost standpoint of, you know, covering my overhead and player salaries. For running the stadium and 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 you know paying these guys against what I'm what I'm what I'm bringing in and my revenue against what I'm getting from the league and what I'm getting from that all the way like I want to make sure as an owner I want to pay myself first so I don't want to dip into my coffers to kind of you know you know uh, offset any operational costs if we go over our salary cap and we have to pay all these luxury taxes I don't want to do that that's going to eat up eat out of my share and maybe I have to dip into my pockets to go and do that. Yeah. So that's the biggest reason why I think you don't see some of some of these owners like in, in Major League Baseball. Like, you know, if you're Kansas City, they just sold, you know, David Glass was this notoriously cheapskate Royals owner where he kept his payroll really low because he was probably not as liquid as he was on paper, the value that he was and having to just kind of manage the ticket gates and all all the stuff that he got from you know Kauffman Stadium and then what got shelled out to him from Major League Baseball and the revenue share from that he's like well I don't want to go and spend you know 400 million dollars on Mike Trout and you know offer this up because that decreases my revenue opportunities within this 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 Royals franchise right like I can't draw this money out so there's that then you have. If, can you give uh, me uh, just real fast? Can you give me an example of kind of a luxury tax number that we're looking at? Like what's uh, like just what's some what's some hard cost of some guys that some owners that are just like fuck it, I'll bite a little bit of this luxury tax. So so yeah so so Dan Dan Gilbert is from the from the Cavs is a great one. Like he paid like four hundred million dollars on top of everything in luxury taxes during that LeBron run of those those four years because he was way over. And then he was hit, and both sports, Major League Baseball and NBA, have what, what's called a repeater tax. Mm -hmm. So if you do it consecutive years, you get fucking dialed up on a, on, a, on another uh, level on that, right? Yeah. So then now you're just paying. So he paid like $400 million on top of that, but he probably thought it of two ways. One, I have a, I have a, a competitive uh, team that's going to potentially vie for – uh, an NBA title, so it's worth it, and all the additional revenue that comes from playoff games and everything that comes with that, and uh, and obviously, like I have LeBron, and I have this super super short window, and I'm super competitive, and his net worth, because Dan Gilbert is a quick and loans guy, who owns quick and loans, his net worth isn't solely sunk into the Cavs. He has other revenue streams that are coming to him. Whereas I know, I think like the David Glass guy, I think is like part of like Walmart or something like that, but that he's not like one of the seven siblings of Walmart, like he's an offshoot of it. If I, if memory serves, everyone could drink on that one. Sure. He's more looking at it like, let me just extract as much money as I can. And if our farm system is good enough, we can get up and, and maybe buy for a, a, a World Series title. 
But if not, then just let me see what, how much money I can pull out of it year to year and keep it going that way. Yeah. I mean, so there could be like, you know, if Mark Zuckerberg got a, you know, got an NBA franchise and then he just wanted to, I guess it's not as easy as the, just the luxury tax too. Like you need players to want to come there and play and like sign. Sure. Yeah. There's that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, if you looked at Paul Allen before he passed away, I mean, he had the, you know, the, the, the trailblazers weren't afraid of, you know, paying some salary tax or some luxury tax stuff, but they also wanted to maintain like, you know, some semblance of, Hey, you know, we've got to, that's why they weren't afraid of, you know, doling out the supermax for Damian Lillard. Yeah. I mean, the, the ownership group has deeper pockets, whereas like Jerry Reinsdorf, who owned the Bulls for many years, was like super nickeling diming, even though he had a winner, was like super afraid of it because his his total value was like in some real estate and the Bulls and the White Sox. Like, yeah, that was it. So it, in, in some cases, one was paying for the other a lot of times, too. Yeah, so sometimes you just have, you know, your sports franchise is your hobby, and then others, like, we own this. Like, it is a legit business, and I need this business yeah. to turn a profit. Exactly. Uh, cool. Well, give us some of that sweet luxury tax money, put it in a bag, <laughs> empty it out on a table in front of us, and we're going to see how long we can clap for. There you uh, go. All right, third email, overrated. Hey, fellas, uh, who's more overrated, Jim Harbaugh, John Gruden, Andrew Wiggins, mm. or Johnny Depp? Uh, okay, so so I want to dig into this. I want to look at the just kind of the term overrated and kind of what baggage that comes with. Overrated, yeah. I think, means, you know, the general mass, like, public has to have, like, some kind of hype around it. And you have to kind of right. be disagreeing about just, like, I can't believe most of the public's behind this. Um, so you can talk to me about... I'll defer to you for hardball, but I, I went with Johnny Depp. It's probably the most overrated. Let's just, he's good in the movie blow. Uh, that's about it. All those other movies. I think Johnny Depp's come up on the podcast before, obviously not a friend of the pod. He also seems to be a little bit of a lunatic. So there seems yeah. to be like a little baggage now that comes with casting him is the same old shtick. Uh, wearing too, too many rings, too many rings for my t- rings are overrated. Men wearing rings, overrated and then i just you know men, men over f- like 45 wearing lots of rings yes. and, and lots of scarves yes very overrated <laughs> very overrated, very overrated. Uh, and then also i think we you know uh uh mab sports podcast term favorite bust came up to me because i was just uh <laughs> i looked at andrew wiggins and i was like i don't know if andrew wiggins is overrated because i think everyone's kind of on the same page that this guy didn't pan out how he thought he'd pan out yeah he peaked in high school i mean that's that's really what andrew wiggins was i mean he was everybody's all-american in high school the number one rated prospect you know this uber athlete and i don't want to say late a dud at kansas but wasn't spectacular sure yeah you know what i mean yeah and then goes in was the number one overall pick got traded by that cleveland cavaliers team and then uh his career averages anywhere from 17 to 23 points which is nothing i mean in the nba that's pretty good but they're they're hollow points he averages four boards a game yeah six eight like incredible athlete can jump and averages four rebounds and 36 minutes a game two assists one steal one turnover or two turnovers Uh, it just yeah it doesn't live up to the hype i wouldn't call him you know much like in the andrew luck bus category it's not bus type numbers but also not living up to this like hey this is uh a revolutionary small yeah. forward coming into the league. And, and I think I think everyone that's worth their weight in sports knowledge kind of has the take that Andrew Wiggins is not 
the player that he was hyped up to be that we thought that right. was. So nobody's like that. Uh, and then the last one is Gruden. I can't put Gruden overrated. He's got a ring. You know, you win a Super Bowl. You were the best in your sport at some point of what you do. He is getting paid a lot. Overpaid? Sure. I'll, I'll listen to that argument sure. for sure. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and and he, like you said, he fought, first five years of his career came out of the gate gunning. He was Sean McVay before Sean McVay was Sean McVay. Yeah, like let's not forget about that, right? Maybe you before know, Sean you know, McVay was alive, sure. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, Harbaugh, overrated. I, you know, it's almost like you want to put him in that same category. Because uh, you're really looking at it just in the chunk of the Michigan chunk of it. Is that overrated? Because he came back. They spent a whole bunch of money. Yeah. But, I mean, he was, you know, 44-19-1 and 19 and one in San Francisco, 5-3 and three in the playoffs, only lost that blackout Super, Super Bowl series or Super Bowl game against his brother yep. and the Ravens. Then goes to Michigan. He's 40-14 and 14 in Michigan, but 1-3 in bowl games, 0-4 against Ohio. You fell out the rest. Two and two against Michigan State, 0 and one against Notre Dame. The bowl losses, kind of bad. I mean, Dalvin Cook broke his heart. That's where you probably should have first fallen in love with Dalvin Cook because Florida State, he crushed us on that one. Then uh, South Carolina, come from behind victory, and then Florida just blew him out. Uh, it's uh, I don't want to say it's overrated because obviously, like he has that San Francisco run, but he definitely has not lived up to the hype of what he came in with if i was to look at all four of them you really think johnny depp's the most overrated in them uh yeah because i'm going andrew wiggins i'm saying a bust john gruden has a championship uh harbaugh overrated maybe not over khakied for sure over khakied yes over khakied 1000 yeah johnny depp because i do feel like a lot of people like like johnny depp movies and you're just like these are always kind of like the same song and dance except blow he's good and blow what about Donnie Brasco? You didn't like him in Donnie Brasco? We brought Donnie Brasco up on the pod. I did, yeah. You know, Edward Scissorhands? Now, pass. Pat, that, pass. That's in that whole Tim, overrated Tim, camp. Yep. Tim Burton and Johnny okay. Depp team up. Overrated. So he's half the Cry, overrated. Crybaby, you're not a big on Crybaby. I'm not big on Crybaby either, but no. I'm just saying. No, watch it. Yeah. Uh, but if, and the, you're out on the Pirates, Caribbean, Pirates out. of Caribbean. Caribbean? 1,000%. Out. out. Not happening. Uh, guys, Platoon? What's that? What's eating Gilbert Great? I, What's you, What's eating? See, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. Uh, Johnny Depp overrated decided. I just want to know where you sit on these movies. Sure. Now. I'm just kind of running it back. All right. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Sure. It just doesn't. <laughs> I like it. It just doesn't. It doesn't have a. Sure. It doesn't have a ton of rewatch. It's value. a movie. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Overrate Johnny Depp. Boom. We figured it out. Overrate him. Boom. All right. There you go. Guys, send us your overrated list. Maybe this is a new thing we do. We dig in four things that aren't even the same category in the same vertical and we figure out what's overrated. It's a new thing. Ooh, I like that. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Oh, right? yes. Under. Oh, we got to think of a – maybe we'll think of a good title for that. Don't put us on the spot. We'll give us a little yeah, time. Yeah, we'll think TM. Of, that's ours. Right. You can't Let's take that, <laughs> internet. Uh, but shoot them over at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I listened to the podcast last week. I realized I said the email eight times. You guys don't need it that many times. I'm going to try to scale that back a little bit. I just said just it twice. seven times. Set it in the top of the show. Set it now. It's high noon. Bring us to that jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just disagree. All 
right, Neapolitan Showdown. We're doing top fight moves. <laughs> we're so we're so. Can we put the caveat in here that we're neither of us are bad? Well, you might be badass. I don't know, but no. I am not, not a badass. I know. I just want to say that I was just like we're such bar brawlers that we're right, going right. to bring you our hot takes of the best <laughs> fight moves. Uh, all right, I'll take the ball out. I went. Um, so I went a little bar brawl because you know we have friends that are like uh, taking fighting classes. Uh, yeah. You know, T Boss has been on the pod before. I know Joe. You really should have had him judge this. I know. You that's really true. thought about this. Now he gets a little condescending. I don't need I don't need his <laughs> right. I don't need his tone. So yeah, uh, I don't want him I don't want him well, laying down some moves that I've never heard of. Yeah. Like, oh, you should have done this. It's like actually I what you what want to do is. is just like stop it. Uh yeah, Joe Joe Booth rolls around in the brilliant jujitsu a little bit. Did you take any fighting classes ever? Like besides no. like the obligatory like karate class when you were twelve? Yeah, I did take that. I did. Oh, I took Taekwondo, not karate, not even karate. Just like using other people's weight against your weight, not sure. even really fighting. Yeah, I leaned I, on a lot of people in sixth grade. I kind of wish I got into boxing. I thought about taking boxing classes here also, but it's William. Burnham. We had so we had expensive. one dude in our high school that was there for like a semester who yeah. was a boxer mm-hmm. and like legit. It was like he was like five seven. But man, he would throw those hands. I was like, "Holy shit, this dude's a murderer!" Yeah, like it was so scary to watch. Yeah, he probably yeah. couldn't fight for shit. I don't know, <laughs> but I was like, it was impressive to watch. Terrifying pause. Uh, all right, my number one um, top five. Well, I guess I, we we originally said uh, what undervalued fight moves, underrated fight, moves. underrated. Okay, yeah, I got confused because that overrated thing. All right, now we're doing underrated right. fight. Uh, give me a thumb lock. You know, if you get someone's thumb and you just kind of like, you can really lead them around with that thing. And don't underestimate how painful it is to kind of feel your thumb being pulled out of its joint. Thumb lock. Ooh, ooh, My number three right lock. there. I, I've never even, I've never seen that done in a fight. But you know what? Know. You seem to have a lot of control over them. I know, and right? it's one of those ones where you're not expecting someone to grab onto your thumb in yeah. the midst of a fight. Yeah, I think it's like a little, you know, it's it's more debilitating than it sounds. And then all of a sudden you're just like, and it also means like, hopefully you have control of like one of their hands, if not both their hands. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a way to keep track of what's going on with them. Thumb lock. That's my number three. See, I like, I like, I like it. I yeah. like the, I like the move also too, where you can get in. So you're not really actually having to throw hands. That's why I'm going to go either with the full Nelson Ooh, or yeah. the half Nelson. Yeah. Getting somebody in the half Nelson is demoralizing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like half Your Nelson does flare around. Yeah, half Nelson doesn't get enough love because that's a little like half Nelson to me is uh that's a little like I got control of you, but like yes. this is all I need to get full control of you. Like it, it's it's uh it's akin to the quit hitting yourself. It kind of has that same vibe to yes. it. Like you're, yes, like, it you're does. Just, yeah. Uh, all right, full Nelson uh, is going to get a full slate of points. That's a 10 spot. Uh, I got your thumb. That's one digit. You got the other nine free. All right, so nine to 10. Going to the second one, which Ooh. I'm going to do. Uh, I've seen this done on the playground a couple times and in movies, and I all I, I love the move because it, it gets two things done. The pulling the shirt over the head. But not like pull the shirt off, but you know, you get, get close and then you're fighting and then you just kind of yank the back of the shirt like over their face real fast because like yeah. you've cut out something super important in a fight, which is vision. Unless you yes. got like that Jean-Claude Van Damme thing from Bloodsport where you can kind of sense the shit around you. Yeah, and then also yeah. you just tee off and it's just kind of now an open target. But also I think one vibe you're going to find in some of my fight moves also is it's also supposed to neutralize the situation. 
Like, I'm not looking to, like, beat the shit out of somebody, but if you can get their shirt over, it's just like, all right, like, we can all slow down. Do we really want to do this? Can this be right. over? Relax. Right. And maybe you're fighting someone that's a little body conscious, too. Maybe they got a little bit of yeah. a yeah, You don't want that thing kind of dangling around yeah, there? Yeah, a little fat shame. A little fat shame involved. Yeah, sure, let's right, go for exactly. it. Right, <laughs> exactly. I like our moves are, like, everything you can do to avoid getting into a fight. Exactly. Right? Well, I thought about this the same, and I was just like, shit, man, this sounds like I'm just trying to avoid the fight. But, yeah. That's no, cool. I like it though. I'm, yeah, I'm with it. The, I, I would have been like, oh shit. See, this is that. See, then on the other side of it, when you're in like that fight, fight preamble, uh-huh. and the dude like rips off the shirt. Yes. Like I don't know if that's like like an intimidation, like peacocking a little bit, sure. or if that's to def- that's he's defending my number two move. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's coming <laughs> at you. He's really kind of like, all right, I'm taking this away. You know. Um. So I'm gonna go with my number two. It's a little risky. You don't see it all that often. I'm going to go with the leg sweep, right? So everyone's, oh. when you're fighting, everyone's like trying to throw haymakers and haymakers, and they're often kind of squared up, right? So they've got that power leg. If you can just try and kick that leg, that front leg out, and just put them on the ground, then now, now, look out. This is where TNT comes into place, right? Now I get to pummel you from the ground. I yeah. get an advanced position, right? Can you All see? Right. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Slow, the, slow, down, a- slow down their roadhouse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Like the sweep for me is like, yeah, I like it. I think it's like one of those moves that are incredibly difficult. Like on paper, watching somebody, you're just like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You sweep. You just kind of go down and you sweep your leg out and then you try to sweep theirs. But it's just like, I think it's hard to do. I think you're caught in a super awkward position if it doesn't yeah. succeed. If yes. your foot misses or just like bumps up against their ankles, you're just like back. Fuck. And plus, you're also tipping your hand because then they know to look yeah. for it too. You only get one sweep opportunity with it. You know what I mean? But I've I've watched enough Baz Root and bar fight things. Oh, you I have. Know, you know okay. what I, mean? yeah, exactly. I knew that was gonna come up. Here's what I like dang to do. I want you. I want you to take a little video of you just like sweeping, like uh, sweeping out just a chair or like I want to see you do a sweep. Show me what a sweep would look like. Ooh. Throw, okay. throw that up on Let's the gram. See. Put that on your homework. What if I broke my leg, dude? <laughs> Then I would. Then obviously I would have to deduct points for your sweep answer. <laughs> exactly, and Good. drink some milk. Uh, all right, so I wear um, probably like size thirty-one collared shirt, so it brings me up to forty. Uh, your sweep on the ground. I'm gonna feel like it takes you from the time you drop down to sweep to get back up. I don't know, like five seconds. All right, so we we'll go fifteen, fifteen to forty. Going into our last man. one. All right, um, my top spot is the leg lock and that's like across the if you can get two legs like across someone's midsection the gut like your legs are so your legs are so powerful and to like cut that air i just remember like wrestling or whatever i think it's, it was probably even like i don't know with t-balls or something but someone or maybe it was wheatley but he got like his legs just across my midsection and then just linked up his like ankles and then just squeezed yeah. and i was like like my spleen is going to pop out of my mouth. Like it's yeah. just like all that pressure in there felt like things were going to pop out. That's too funny. I thought you were going to do like the leg lock, get your knees on his shoulder and then like sit over him and then just like drool the spit <laughs> over him and slurp it back up. Like that's, that's a killer move. Right I, I thought about it. I had to think like underrated. That one's properly underrated. rated. Properly <laughs> rated. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm glad none of us went with like eye gouging or like fish hooking. Fish hook. Like, I know. I like thought about that. wasn't a, It wasn't in the spirit of what we were doing. Who's ever? Has have you ever seen anyone get fish hook in your life? 
I like, first off, if you're, if you're getting into a fight, like who wants? Why do I want to put my fingers in your mouth? Yeah, can I can I bite your finger off? Is that not possible? I think it could be right, or maybe you're just so stunned that hey, I have another man's fingers in my mouth. Yeah, it definitely seems like a. I'm thinking on my like none of that stuff. Like I, th- I think ripping an ear might be a thing also, and like poking an eye. I don't know. Those are all... ear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Emails if you've ever fish hooked anyone. I'm gonna go with uh, my number one. This is a classic. This is good. I'm into kicking. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you a kick to the balls. Yeah. All Straight right. shot. Just yeah. money bread basket. Just got to get it out of there because <laughs> I don't want to throw hands. And if I can, if you leave me open, I'm gonna dot you. All right. Uh, I have to take the win on this one because a kick to the ball is not underrated. Everyone knows the power of that move. It's true. Everyone in both genders. You don't have to be. Do you remember that too? I think this happens for like every. It's probably like for boys and girls, but. You remember it was like it was a thing that was taken super seriously from like fourth grade to like sixth grade. Not that not that it's not now, but you remember like I don't know. I remember like my dad pulling me aside and like have the conversations just like we do not kick people there. Like there could be like serious damage. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that that was just kind of like it's a conversation that has to be had with like all kids. If you roughhoused on the playground, it was no hits to the face yep. and kicks to the balls. Yeah. That was it. Like you could rib shot me all day. You could punch me in the shoulder. That was fine. Absolutely. But don't – if you kicked me in the balls, yeah. that was a bridge too far. Or if you, like, slapped or hit me in the face, yeah, we're not we're not even friends anymore. Yeah, slap, that's a that's a rough hang. Slap in the face. Uh, all right, guys. Um, anything you guys want us to tackle, you know where to email. I'm saying um, <laughs> up against it. But I think we have time for the Brandana Gambling Corner. Bring us to that jam. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right, Brandana Gambling Corner. Today, we're talking about key numbers. This is for football betting. Uh, all right, so the key numbers obviously are seven and three. That is the value of a touchdown and the value of a field goal. So when the NFL lines are set, you're pretty much, if not pretty much, the, the rule is the home team gets three points. So it's kind of with the home field advantage just on a global automatic thing is considered. So for example, right now, the uh, so today the Rams and Saints played. The Saints were at the Rams and the Rams were a two-point favorite. So what does this mean? It means that Vegas is actually saying on a neutral field that the Dorland Saints are one point better than the Rams. But then that always changes like when we go there. So uh, another example would be, you know, the Vikings were at the Packers today. The Packers were three-point favorites. So Vegas is saying that these two teams are even teams. Now we're on the field. So what I want to talk about is the difference between uh, 6.5, 7, and and 7.5. So... And it's not just a point, as I mistakenly thought it was once before. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not cool. There's just it's what you're, and this isn't like insider trading or secret. It's just me telling kind of the casual gambler uh, what you're looking for and mm-hmm. what Ve- what Vegas is actually telling you. 
So a difference between a 6.5 line and a 7.5 line, obviously that's huge. What Vegas is saying is, you know, it's almost a touchdown favorite, but you're losing. You don't have to worry about the push. So right. if there's like, um, you know, the Cowboys were at the Redskins today. The Cowboys were a six and a half point favorite. I think it started out at six, went to six and a half. They're still saying that, you know, the Cowboys should win by almost a touchdown. And they got that. Now, as it goes up to seven, like the Chiefs Raiders game was seven. What Vegas is saying is that the Chiefs are actually going to win by more than one score, but right. barely. So now you still have the push that's in play. You don't want the push as a favorite, obviously, but at least you have that in play. Now, if that Chiefs Raiders game goes up to seven and a half, they're not saying that it's that the line is a half point better or that the Chiefs are guaranteed to win any more points. It just means that there's enough money going on the Chiefs side of the Chiefs winning by more than a score that they want to take away the push, if that makes sense. So now you, as the better, you do not have the push if the Chiefs win by that one touchdown. Right, I gotcha. So now if the line goes up from seven and a half to eight, that's nothing. Because you right. you're thinking of touchdowns and field goals. I mean, you will right. see an eight-point line. An eight-point line is basically saying we're definitely confident that this team is going to win by more than one score. But, you know, it could, it could go back and forth. And then uh, the same thing with two and a half to three to three and a half. This gets a little bit different because now we're talking about touchdowns and field goals. Right. And if a team is favored by two and a half, three, three and a half, we're looking at what's going to be a closer game. So kind of right. that, that bigger score, more weird shit can happen. Like, you know, two touchdowns and one field goal on a touchdown is, is four, one touchdown, or yeah, one touchdown, one touchdown with the other team and a field goal with them and two field goals for them is three. I getting into the weeds now, but I hope did, did that make any sense? Yeah, no, it made a lot of sense. Should I, I just I guess cut I this go... out of the entire podcast? No, 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 this is good. <laughs> Cause I actually, it brought it up to me to think it's like, okay, so, the Chiefs were at Oakland, correct? Today, yes. Right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So if the line was at seven and we know the home team gets three, are they really saying that it's it, – should I look at it? It is they, – they really think that they're going to win by ten points? Is that what, is that what it no, is? No, no, no. It's saying or at that, that point it's Or at that point it's it's – that that the home team gets three points is like that's out the window. Yeah, that's it's still it's still on play. So what I mean, what their Vegas is basically saying is that on a neutral field, Kansas City is ten points better than the Raiders. Right, 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 right. So should I look at so when I'm looking at that and evaluating that, factoring that in, Vegas already thinks that they're going to be you know ten points ahead. There we we factor in the road for a minus seven. I guess do is there any way for me to assess any more value out of well, that? Well, here's yeah, here's uh, there, there's a little bit of value. So you need to when you're dealing with a seven point line, and uh, if it's not seven and a half, if you're dealing with seven, you obviously you don't want to push. Nobody would bet to push. Like the push would be the right. safety net. At least you still right. have that. What you're looking at is a seven point line between lower scoring teams like the Texans and Jaguars is a much bigger deal than right. between the Chiefs and the Raiders. And I think I talked to this a little bit on the thread, and it's a good point to know. If you – a seven-point line with a team like the Chiefs, you just need to look at how many points you think they're scored. Like, Because right. a seven-point line gets dangerous when it is those lower-scoring teams because you're just like, you know, if the Raiders come out and get off to a 10-0 start and it's not the Chiefs, if it's a team that is like the fucking Bears, like the Bears covering a touchdown is huge. Yes, so, okay. So something with that, like also is, and this isn't even my point. I heard it on uh, some podcast I was listening to, and I just wanted to share it because I thought it was, it was super smart. It's, 
you know, if you want those points, if you think that the Raiders, if you want Raiders plus seven, then just bet the over. Because you yeah. already know Kansas City is a high-powered offense. So you're just like, oh, this is going to be a shootout. If I expect the Raiders to keep it within seven, that's just a safer bet. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that's that's smart. That's the thing. Is, is that's, that's the kind of thing. To, that's not just a seven-point uh, line, but also assess the teams within them and say, okay, because you're right, like Bears – Bears could be, you know, substantially like Bears could open up, let's say, in this hypothetical that they're at the, you know, at the Dolphins and they come out minus seven. Yeah. But if the Dolphin, if the Dolphins, like the Bears aren't a high powered offense and we know they aren't there, but if the Dolphins do what they did, you know, come out or, or did how they did, to, how Oakland did to the Raider or the Chiefs, now it becomes a insurmountable number to, 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 to cover versus like Chiefs where it's like, all right, they're going to put up four touchdowns in the second quarter. So that's a good. That's a really actually a good, much better point. Is is like not all seven point leads or seven point lines are created equal. You yes, have to look at exactly. Just the offense into which that they're doing because, like a three, you know, a minus two and a half. We know that's a field goal. We know that's most likely that's how they're going to shake out and just beating the other team. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's a much much safer bet. So okay, that's good. No, that's good. That's why, yeah. I mean, if you can see those low scoring games, that's why Jaguars Texans is a good example that the Jaguars were a nine point dog. You don't expect that. Uh, I guess the Texans are a little bit. I mean, it's just it kind of seems with the Jaguars defense and the Texans does have a high powered offense that didn't get off click in a day. But I mean, that's just one where you're just like, I don't expect this to be a high scoring game, so I might as well take the dog and the points. Yeah, no, that's a great point because good defense they you know they had enough to kind of keep it close with the the chiefs but uh you know yeah it, it's uh that's a, and, that's a good look and, and and it's knowing kind of the team that you're betting also i'll just make this one last point is you know there's some teams that uh get up by a touchdown and you know play a little bit more conservative or you know they they rely on their running game a lot like once they get that up they just kind of want to they want to grind it out they just want to kind of keep that lead and get the game shorter so that would be another one where you're just like okay well this team is less likely to really go for the throat and try to get a bisect score Uh, all right guys uh obviously if you have any more gambling questions we're doing well out there and right now my picks are i was two and two last week i'm two and two today Man, fucking Drew Brees going out of that game. Really fuck that pick. Uh, with a fifth game on the slate right now, Falcons and Eagles. So we'll let you know how I'm looking. Going for 57% on the year. Uh, all right, guys, we're up against it. Closing out with our MVP of the week, I am going with the Georgia Bulldog fans wearing pink. Uh, Coach Blake yes. Anderson's wife, Wendy, who passed away on August 19th. Um, yeah, opposing coach comes in there. And he's the coach for who? Shit, I don't even write that down. Uh, it's Arkansas State. Arkansas State, yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's just opposing team wore pink in honor of his wife. And I, I just I, – I love stuff like this. Uh, it just reminds us that at the end of the day, like we're still all human beings on this earth together. And it's just – it's a sporting event. Uh, there's just so – you know, there's just so much ugliness with like we hear about like sports fans yelling shit from the stands and stuff. It's nice to see it kind of go the other way. Yeah, yeah, true sportsmanship's good on you, Georgia fans uh you know best wishes to uh coach anderson and his family and all that good stuff i really wish i had gone first in my Shit. MVPs now. i'm sorry yeah son of a what do you that's got? all right it's okay no uh i was actually just gonna go with uh with patrick mahomes um a lot of talk in the fantasy realm 
of him with a little bit of regression. Maybe we talked about it. I don't know. Yeah. He's on pace for 56 touchdowns, uh, 6,500 yards. And we talked about this, the new guard of quarterbacks. He is that. It's exciting. He uh, He's one of those guys where, and I've watched it where, with Barry Sanders in particular, where it's like, hey, don't leave for, for more than five minutes because the game will dramatically change. And that's what happened to me today. Like I said, I was preparing, getting ready, stuff ready for dinner, turned around, and it is a 28-10 game. The game is, like, way out of hand. And I stepped away for maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's, and that's that's the kind of thing that I've, I've only seen, like, a few times in the NFL. And he's one of them. Chiefs fans, you should be excited. Maybe you shouldn't be so excited about Andy Reid and your defense. But, <laughs> sorry, this is the MVP is getting away from me. But – Pat Mahomes MVP. Oh, I love it, brother. Um, love that, guys. Uh, this has been episode eighty-one. Kind of jumped in and did a little NFL coverage. I liked it. We'll try to get a few more of these Sunday night things happening. Uh, last time I'll say it, you can shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Love hearing your thoughts. Uh, I am Brandon. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Audience, there's no self-defense for our pod because we've got you in a mad lock. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.